0: Hey, welcome to Midlife Clarity. We're talking about how you're going to be able to get exactly what you want out of your next chapter in life. And we're talking Midlife Clarity because the crisis is not mandatory. This is episode seven. And today we're going to talk about principle number six from my 10 principles of transformation. And that is simply that your ability to transform is directly related to your psychological flexibility. That's a lot of words. I'll say it again, and then we're going to break it down. Your ability to transform is directly related to your psychological flexibility. The key premise here is that our ability to adapt to changing circumstances is just as important as commitment and discipline, because corrections mean improvements, and this is real life. We've talked about how it's better to raise the floor than aiming for the ceiling. You know, we have to understand that we can't always operate at top maximum performance level. We have to focus on consistent small changes to get us closer to where we want to be. And this idea of being able to adapt to changing circumstances is critical to be able to model that. Influencers can talk a lot about commitment and discipline and all of these things that help you get up and just kick butt every day, but your ability to be psychologically flexible and adapt to circumstances that change is just as important. Why is it important? Well, as Mike Tyson famously said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Having a plan going in is critical. It is, no doubt about it. But when something bad happens that's not in the plan, a lot of times we freeze in fear. We freeze because we don't know what to do next because we can't adapt to how that the circumstances have changed. Heavy traffic, a bad health diagnosis, a slow business month, a weather event, COVID, for heaven's sake. How you react to adversity or even just different, not even adverse, just different circumstances, that defines you and your ability to persevere. We have to remember that a deviation from the plan doesn't mean we have failed. If adapting and making adjustments in response to changing circumstances moves you closer to where you want to be than just checking off a box to say you did X, then by adapting, you've made for an effective day. The other thing is your EQ or emotional intelligence relies heavily on your ability to accept critique as well as how well you are able to leverage scrutiny and expectations instead of suffering from them. Scrutiny and expectations, boy, those are two powerful terms and that's something I learned from Nick Peterson and Dan Nicholson talking about the two tyrants of leadership, scrutiny and expectations, scrutiny because you're under a microscope and that even comes from yourself, but certainly from outside sources. So you have to deal with that and expectations. You know, when you, when you're on your way up, you get a lot of scrutiny. When you hit a level of success, you get a lot of expectations People either want something from you or they expect that you are going to continue to perform at a certain level. You have to be able to leverage those things instead of letting them hold you back, instead of letting them bring you down and keep you from progressing forward. Suffering is a choice that's determined by where you focus. If you're focusing on abundance versus fear and lack, then the suffering really is optional. Are the change in circumstances or the scrutiny and expectation any of those things? Are they going to fuel you, or are they going to drag you down? That's a choice you make. Some of the things that might keep you from being psychologically flexible. Um, one is, surprise, surprise, a belief. A belief that you have that you have to execute perfectly in order to be successful, right? It looks like, um, you know, you got your list made, you got your tasks done, you got your little boxes checked off. But did you move closer to the main thing? We have to reframe what we decide is effective. What we're looking for is function, results, not form or window dressing implementation of a system of the week in the corporate world is a prime example of that. I came out of a position with a company that was huge. We went through at least three different major ownerships and each one was more corporate than the other. and each one of them had a um, you know, system de jour, it seemed like that we were constantly being called to implement. And a lot of it, I won't say all of it, but a lot of it was just window dressing. Lots of pretty charts, but the data is useless unless you use it to drive behavior. And that's where I think a lot of us, especially high achievers, if you've done well so far in life with your high achieving self, you get your list made, your tasks done and all the boxes checked but you might not have moved closer to the main thing, closer to what you're really wanting to be or where you're really wanting to be. We are effective whenever we can adapt to the daily changes and make adjustments to the plan and make decisions that get us closer to what we want, not just checking off the boxes because they're there. You also might believe that you can control everything around you, even other people that is another way that you're kind of prevented from being psychologically flexible if you think that you can control everything even down to what other people do or how they act it's it's a problem because you you get to control what you believe think and do that's it That's it. You can't control outcomes. If you continue to believe, think, and do the same exact things, even though other variables are in play, is that even logical? A kicker in the NFL can go through the exact same motions every time to set up for a kick. But if he doesn't adjust for wind and angle and temperature, altitude of the stadium, all these other variables, how successful is he going to be? You get to control what you believe, think, and do, and that's it. I love to deer hunt. I can go set up in my favorite tree to deer hunt every single time I go out. How successful am I going to be? There's so many variables, there's wind, there's time of day, there's time of the month, the moon phase. Some of you believe that, some don't. uh it's the weather. it's there's so much, so much that if I just went and got in the same tree, At the same time, every time I went to hunt and didn't vary up anything according to the circumstances, I would not be successful. You might also, ooh, this is a good one (laughs) because I've had this one myself. I know about this. You might also believe that a good plan never needs to be changed. I will tell you that a good system will not fail you. But that system needs to include recognizing when the plan needs to be adapted. How do you know? How do we know when the plan needs to be adapted? You've got leading indicators in almost any situation. This is one of those things that I did bring forward that really uh, Taught me a lot from my days in corporate with all those systems we're implementing. This is one of the useful things that I carried over. Leading indicators. I'll use weight loss for an example just because it's easy. If we have a certain target weight that we're trying to get to. And we're doing certain things to get there. If we are getting so many steps a day if we are managing our macros the leading indicator would be how many times did I exercise this week more or less than last week more or less than my worst day or my worst week a leading indicator might be how many times did I go through a drive through this week Instead of eating something that fuels my body with nutrition. One of my favorite stories to refer to around this is... I remember being frustrated every year because I was checking off boxes in in my gardening. You know, we would plant a garden every year, vegetables a few flowers, but vegetables and herbs mainly, and I thought my husband was messing with me, and it would make me so mad, because I didn't know how to garden. I didn't grow up gardening, yet my papa, both papas had gardens, but I was a little kid, and I didn't really learn about how to grow a garden, but every year, I would get ready to put our garden in, and I would having my mind the plan you know we need to do this and this and this i was checking off boxes and the man would change stuff up on me oh we need to plant the tomatoes over here oh we need to wait one more week oh we need to make sure that we leave this much space between the rows we need to turn the rows from going north and south to turn them east and west I'm a recipe follower. I'm a kind of rules type of person. You know, that's my nature. And I want a list of things to check off. And it would drive me crazy. And I finally got upset and said, "Would you change this on me all the time, how can I possibly be ready and have the things that we need? If you're going to change it up on me all the time, you're just messing with me. And what he helped me understand is that You know, he'd been gardening a long time and he had for years, and he knew how to adapt. He knew that it's more of a system than a plan, and that system has to include being able to choose a different spot depending on how the weather has been, if a tree has grown taller since last year and it's putting some shade over a certain part of the garden if we're trying to plant too early in the year and we're expected to still have frost or cold weather for an extra couple of weeks this year if we've had a lot of rain if we haven't had much rain prevailing winds all of these things He knew how to adjust to those. I was just checking off boxes. Another reason that you might have trouble moving into this mode of being psychologically flexible and being able to adapt is you might believe that you have to prove yourself right. I've been there, too. This is why I can talk about this stuff, because I've been most of the situations that I outlined for you, I've been there. I've thought it. I've I've lived it. I've been it. I believe that you have to prove yourself right can hold you back in so many ways, and it's because it's what's rewarded. I mean, honestly, in school, and even you know, as adults, even on the job, we are rewarded by being right. You know, who can raise their hand first? Who looked this up the fastest? You know, who knows the answer to this, right? But being right or winning an argument, it might give you a temporary high. But what did you really accomplish? If you win an argument, did you really change that other person's reality? Because honestly, that's what you're trying to do. When you argue with somebody, you're trying to change their reality. But did you? Did you learn anything? Because every interaction we have really needs to teach us something. Did you improve the relationship or did you just make them tap out? Once you release yourself from the need to be right, and listen, there's potentially a lot of different things that are holding you there, fears, the need to be brought into the light. But once you can release yourself from that need, you're going to see that your peace of mind and your growth is absolutely worth it. When I made the decision several years ago to stop arguing with people, even people on the internet, I don't argue. I do not argue anymore. And that went for, you know, everybody from people on the internet to my husband. I quit arguing with him. I'm not saying that I became a doormat. I certainly engaged in conversations where I would express my viewpoint, but I gave up arguing. And it was the best thing I ever did because a lot of times you can win the argument and you lose so much. You lose in relationships. You know, you lose goodwill with people that you really want to have good relationships with. And it just overall can cause you a loss, even though at the time you think you won. So that's a big one. And there's probably a lot more to unpack there. And You know, I'm serious about releasing yourself from that need to be right. What is behind that, and I mentioned it a minute ago, there's some fears. There are fears that keep you in that mode. And if you can get to the root of them and find your way past them, you're going to find it a lot easier to let go. So here's some homework. How about ask yourself these things and journal about it. How effective was I yesterday? Did I adapt to changing circumstances or did I freeze or retreat? How did I move closer to what I really want? How did I move further away? Just a few things, a few questions to ask yourself and ponder on and, and journal about them. Come on into the Midlife Clarity Telegram chat and let's talk about them. I'd love to hear what your answers are and the things that you come up with. Once you really take time to ponder these things, remember, this is midlife clarity. And what we're working on is helping you get everything you want out of your next chapter, because the crisis is not mandatory.